to the word of the Lord this morning from the book of Job, the book of Job in the second chapter. You're certainly welcome to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, if you would like, Job chapter 2, and we're going to read a few verses of scripture. I, I, I want to I take from this amazing scriptural account of the life of Job a few uh, thoughts this morning, and I want to concentrate primarily upon a very important question that was asked. Before I do, though, I want to say how good it is to see Brother Tyreek and Sister Ashton Andrews. God bless Brother and Sister Andrews. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. They, they got married a week ago Friday. Amen. In Columbus, Indiana. We're so thrilled. And uh, we love Brother Tyreek Andrews, and we love Sister Ashton Andrews, and she's a new member of First Apostolic Church Cincinnati, and we're delighted for it. Make sure to make her know how happy you are, amen, that she's here with us. And uh, she's a wonderful young lady, and, uh, and we're thankful that she and Brother Tyreek are here. Her pastors, uh, Pastor Marvin Mitchell, Bishop Dan Mitchell, longtime friends of our family, and, uh, and when I showed up to be a part of the wedding, they were, uh, they were, just, they were just a little bit bitter at us for, them get, for us getting Sister Ashton to Cincinnati. And they were only half joking. They were only half joking. They, uh, they, they were so sad to see her go, but they gave her such blessing in coming. And we're so delighted. We're happy for Brother Tyreek and Sister Ashton. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in their lives. Praise God. Job chapter 2 and verse 1. Uh, of course, this account of the scriptures um, is, is remarkable in every way. Uh, Satan actually came before the Lord, and, and the Lord said, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm going to and fro throughout the earth. I'm looking for somebody that I can attack, essentially. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And the devil said, well, yeah, but you've got this hedge around him. And uh, he said, I've, not, I've, I've never been able to get to Job. <laughs> My God. I'm going to tell you, some of you have a hedge around you that God put. <sighs> and we don't even know how in the world we've made it this far. I'll tell you how you've made it this far. It's that holy hedge that God. It's that holy hedge that God put around you. And God just said, no, you can't, you don't have access to this person. And then the Lord actually was willing to remove part of the hedge. And Satan was going to enter the life of Job in a way Job never expected. And he was going to, he was going to bring persecution against him. And, and God only let down part of the hedge. He wouldn't let down all of it. But, but there were things in Job that needed to change. And, and they couldn't change unless Job had a battle with the devil. And now listen, I want to say this very clearly. There were things in his life that if they didn't change, it would, it would ruin his eternity. It would change his eternity. This is why it was important that they change. It's not that God just wanted, wanted to have a little fun with Job and watch him as he is going to get out of this one. No, no, no. No, if he hadn't let Job have this battle, Job would have been lost. And so the enemy came in like a flood. And in the end of that battle with the devil, Job did not charge God foolishly and he didn't sin with his lips. And so the devil came again in verse 1. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord, and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and sheweth evil? And still he holdeth fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But, pour forth, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. 
So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. He said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. I want to preach to you about Job's wife's question. And I want to talk to you this morning about retaining your integrity. Retaining your integrity. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness today. Lord, we need your word to minister to us and to reach deep into our spirit and to deep into our heart, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I pray, God, in your name that you would anoint me as I preach. I pray, Lord, as the word goes forth that you would cause us to hear it, to receive it, to apply it to our lives. We thank you, God, and we give you praise. We worship you and magnify your holy name. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus that as your word goes forth, it would challenge but also change. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I do want to say to those who are a part of life groups that tonight at 5 p.m. Uh, we will be having our training at the Annex at 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, and it will be a tremendous time of learning and receiving instruction and the Lord will bless you. We're excited about what God is going to do in our life groups. Retaining your integrity. I know that when I use this word integrity, that it, it immediately establishes itself in our thoughts and in our mind as though we understand what that means. We understand what is being said by the use of that word integrity. And... And yet I, I think sometimes, as it is with a lot of words, the word loses its meaning over time as we begin to use it, even misuse it, and perhaps misunderstand it in the long run. If I were to go around the room and ask for synonyms regarding integrity, what words come to mind when I ask about the word integrity? I think that there would be a common thread uh, among everybody that was asked. Somebody might say good character. Somebody might say righteous living. Somebody might say making right choices, making right decisions. Uh, maybe somebody would say doing the right thing when nobody is looking. And all of these would certainly fit into our modern understanding of the word integrity and and it wouldn't even be it wouldn't it wouldn't be a wrong answer in the sense that when there is integrity there are right choices that are made when there is integrity you do the right thing when nobody is looking when there is integrity there's good character there's righteous living but these things are are a result of integrity. They are the deeds and the, the way that a person lives when they have their integrity intact. Integrity itself simply means wholeness, completeness. We use words such as integer. Integer is a word that simply means a whole number. It, it, it is not a word that is fraction, a number that is fractioned. So if I were to say, you know, how far are we from there? Oh, we're three and a quarter miles from wherever. That three and a quarter would not be an integer because it is not a whole number. If I were to say we are three miles and be accurate about it, then I would be giving you an integer. Integers do not have fractions. There aren't 
broken parts to integers. It is a whole number. So we call, we get our word integrity from the same root that we get our word integer. We also get the word integral that is associated with the word integrity. So if, if uh, you know, if A.J. Green were suspended this week, somebody would say that isn't good because he's integral to the Bengals football team. Integral means a necessary part without which it, something is not whole. So when somebody says you are integral to what we do, what they mean is we're not whole without you. We are fractioned. We are separated. And so, so there is a need for this integral part, this necessary, this necessary component. So integrity means wholeness. So when a person has integrity, they are a participant in righteous living, not because integrity means righteous living, but because integrity means wholeness. And when you're whole, you live righteous. When a person makes good decisions and righteous decisions, they make good and righteous decisions, not because integrity means good and righteous decisions, but because integrity means wholeness. And when you are whole, you will make good and righteous decisions. Hallelujah. Integrity does not necessarily mean doing the right thing when nobody is looking. But when you have integrity, you will do the right thing when nobody is looking because you are whole. There's no broken part of you. The broken parts of us are the things that make us and that lead us and that allow vulnerability within us to do something wrong when we should do something right. To do something when nobody is looking when we know we should not do that thing when nobody is looking. This is from our broken person. This is from our broken spirit. This is from our broken past. And, and so integrity becomes vital. And I will tell you that if we've learned anything in the last couple of weeks in our popular culture, we have learned that integrity is sorely missing in our society. There are a lot of broken people who do bad things because there's so much brokenness in their spirit and it's a vicious cycle. They're broken so they hurt someone else who becomes broken and hurts someone else who becomes broken and on and on the cycle goes and, and everybody's walking around with limps they can't explain and, and they don't know how to function in their spirit man and, 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 and they're making wrong choices and they're caving to carnal whims and they're, and they're allowing certain proclivities of their person to, to have an effect on them and, and take advantage of them and, and the, the whole root of it is that they don't have integrity Integrity is sorely missing. And, and we look at this life of this man, Job, who is, is an amazing character in the word of the Lord. And I'm, I know and I feel that the reason the Lord has put this on my heart to preach today is because there are people going through some things in your life and you don't understand why you're going through it. You don't understand why you have to go through it. You don't understand when it will stop. You really kind of want God and feel like you need God to show you, you know, the, the, the date in your calendar where you can stop going through this. And that doesn't seem to be on the priority list of God. You're just going through some open-ended trial of life, some challenge, and you don't know exactly how things are going to turn out. And you fear whether or not you can endure it. You wonder whether or not you're going to be able to make it through and and so I, I feel like the Lord placed this on my heart to preach to you that if you retain your integrity, you can make it through. That if you hold fast to your integrity, that there is nothing the enemy can bring against you that can cause you to lose out, hallelujah, to give up, to give in, to miss the mark. You can make it through anything. You can make it through anything the devil brings against you. You can make it through anything you bring upon yourself. You can make it through anything that life seems to throw your way that, that seems to be unfair. In the name of Jesus, I've come to lift somebody's spirit today. I've come
come to tell somebody, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Hallelujah. He is the lifter of your head. It's time to square your shoulders. It's time to raise your head. It's time to narrow your eyes. Hallelujah. And stop quitting. Stop giving up. Stop being defeated. Stop feeling defeated. And understand that if you hold on to your integrity, you're going to make it through. Now, we're so confused by that word that even as I use it, you think, oh, my goodness, Pastor, I, I just, I don't even know how to hold on to my integrity. I feel like I lost my integrity a long time ago. Maybe you didn't, and, 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 and maybe you did, but either way, God can restore. God can replenish. God can rejuvenate. God can revive. Hallelujah. God can reach down into the most hopeless of circumstances and bring new life. Come on, somebody. If you are wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, God has the answer. God is the solution. God has the power. I said God has the power. You hold on to that and believe that. There is no helpless or hopeless set of circumstances today that God cannot intervene and begin to move with his mighty power. Hallelujah. Job, of course, does not have the luxury we have in knowing what is happening behind the scenes. We get to read the first and second chapter of the book of Job. Job has to wonder about what in the world is going on. And as he's going through this experience, he, he just knows that his life has come apart by the seams. Of course, the first chapter of Job describes an unthinkable series of tragedies that enter into the life of Job. One that, that is simply unthinkable. And, and the, 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 the tragedy is so severe that it... It makes you wonder how in the world did he, did he make it through such a thing. But the Bible says in all this, Job charged God not foolishly, nor did he sin against God with his lips. So in all of this, Job refused to charge God in a foolish way, and he refused to sin with his lips. And the devil was determined to make Job curse God to his face. And Job didn't do that. So the devil comes back and says to the Lord, I would like to have another shot at your man Job. And the Lord said, but, but you've already done so much damage in his life. And he still has not cursed me to my face. And the devil said, skin for skin. That's because you wouldn't let me touch his body. But you let me get a hold of his body and start bringing disaster onto his body and he'll curse you to your face. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. There's this amazing confidence that God has in Job. I don't know how to explain it. But there's this confidence God has in Job. The whole time through this process, God knew Job would not curse him. He knew Job would not turn his back on him. God needed Job to prove something in this trial and to, to show something and to demonstrate something. And that is that there is a power that when it is held on to, there is no weapon the devil can bring against us that can bring us down. So this devil's just walking through the earth, just arrogantly walking through the earth saying, I'll make them curse God. I'll make them curse God. And everybody that he came against, it was easy. I mean, he just bring a little something against them and they're cursing God to his face. You know what I'm talking about. Some of us have faced things so small, so trivial, and we so ready to give up on everything. And the devil comes to Job and tries a little something and Job does not have a reaction like the devil thought that, that Job would have. And so the devil begins to target him and says, now God, you got to let me at his body. And the Lord said, he will not curse me. I know Job. He will not curse me to my face. And, and I, I can't in this, in this uh, set of time go through all that was going on there, but, 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 but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. What Job went through was so deep and so troubling and so challenging that, that you would think 
he would charge God foolishly. You would think he would sin against God with his lips. You would think he would curse God to his face. When his own health broke, his own body began to demonstrate boils and sores that were incurable. And he lay there in sackcloth and ashes. The Bible said that his wife comes up to him, the one who should be helping him, the one who should be supporting him. And she asks the question. She said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Do you still hold fast to your wholeness? Are you still retaining your wholeness? What do you mean wholeness? Because he's lost everything he's owned. What do you mean wholeness? He's lost all of his wealth. What do you mean wholeness? He's lost the, the faculties of his physical body. What, what do you define as wholeness? Because that doesn't look very whole to me. He looks broken to me. He looks shattered to me. He looks like his life has, has come to complete ruin to me. But God said to the devil, you brought so much against him. You took everything he has in this world. And he still has held fast to his wholeness. Hallelujah. The devil goes back to him. And not only does he attack his physical body, but he moves upon Job's wife. It was the devil moving upon her. And she comes out talking in a way she would not have normally talked. It surprised Job when he heard the words coming out of her mouth. He said, you're speaking like one of the foolish women. You don't sound like a child of God today. You don't sound like you're sold out. You don't sound like you've bought the truth and you're not going to sell it. You sound like you've been tuned in to the pop culture of this day you're starting to talk like the foolish women of our day listen he said though he slay me I will serve him naked came I into this world naked will I go out but blessed be the name of the Lord hallelujah hallelujah I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Job didn't understand it. I, I even contend with his statement, shall we receive good at the hand of God and not evil? I contend with that. I don't believe Job understood that properly. I believe that he was in that position and he was trying to make sense of what was going on and, and, and that he came out with that statement of shall we receive good at the hand of God and not evil because God did not give that stuff to Job. God allowed it, but God kept his hand of protection upon him in certain ways so as to maintain his wholeness. And as a matter of fact, when the scripture says after the first series of battles, it said that Job did not charge God foolishly, nor did he sin with his lips. But after the second series of battles, it doesn't say that he didn't charge God foolishly. It says that he did not sin with his lips. I don't know what was going on on the inside of Job. I don't know what he was dealing with. But if he was anything like me or anything like you, then that man had some questions that he needed answers for and he didn't know how he was going to get through this thing without those answers coming to him and so so there was a war going on on the inside so deep and so challenging that the scriptures couldn't even say after the second round that he didn't charge God foolishly but it could say that he didn't sin with his lips Job ladies and gentlemen was going through the battle of his life and he couldn't believe his wife could not believe that he retained his integrity she couldn't understand how somebody can go through what Job went through and retained his integrity people are going to look at you in the trials of your life and they're going to ask themselves the question how in the world are they making it through what they're going through what is it that keeps them on the path they've been walking why do they keep serving God? Why do they keep worshiping? Why are they continuing to be faithful to the house of God? When they've gone through so much. Listen ladies and gentlemen. Don't look around your world at the things you're going through. But keep your eyes upon Jesus. 
look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace thank you worship team for reminding us of why we sing we sing because we're happy we sing because we're free Jesus 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 is the reason why we sing my troubles aren't the reason why I sing or don't sing my circumstances my challenges aren't the reason I sing or don't sing I sing because I've got my eyes on Jesus I've got my faith on Jesus I've got my hope built upon Jesus So I will sing and I will shout and I will magnify his holy name. I will glorify him from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same. His name is to be praised. He is holy. He is worthy. He is righteous. No matter what I'm going through, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I magnify you. Lord, I lift. Come on, somebody. You got to stay whole in this thing. Don't come apart at the seams. Don't break apart. Retain your integrity. Retain your integrity. Hallelujah. Jesus explained wholeness to us. Because wholeness, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at Job. And I'm seeing boils everywhere on his body. To my natural eye, that doesn't look like wholeness. I'm seeing a man who went in a matter of days from being the wealthiest elder statesman of his day respected and esteemed by all who knew him and having lost all of his children all of his homes all of his wealth losing the physical health of his body in a matter of days and and then God confirms that he still has his wholeness intact and I'm trying to figure this out because I'm saying how can you lose everything you own and be whole how can you lose your family and be whole how can you lose your physical health and be whole because ladies and gentlemen the person you are does not depend on the stuff you have the person you are does not depend upon the loved ones that surround you the person you are has nothing to do with the physical health in your body I mean Job is gasping for breath trying to make it through the day and God is saying he's whole you know what Jesus said about the whole he said the whole need not a physician this man, God said, this man doesn't even need a physician. Bodies covered with boils, lost his house, lost his family, lost everything, lost his reputation. God still thinks he's whole. His wife still thinks he's whole. Tells him it's time for you to break up, come apart, lose it a little bit, man. How are you still holding on to your integrity? How are you still holding on to this whole God is great stuff? How are you still holding on to he'll never leave me nor forsake me? How are you still holding on? You need to lose your integrity. Curse God. Die already. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. You need to be careful when people you love start talking like the devil. Because you look at their face and you're thinking, oh, it's the person I know. It's the person I love. And, and, and they, they love me, I think. I thought, I think. But, but the, the voice coming out of them is, the, is, is somehow caught up with and bought into the same words the devil would use against me. And so she becomes a messenger of Satan in the life of Job. Thank God Job didn't fall for it. He looked up at her and said, What? What? Come on, we need more of a what in our spirit. We just bind into everything. Well, if Hollywood said it, it must be true. What? Well, if popular culture says it's this way, then it must be what? 
Well, if my favorite mentor and my favorite instructor and my favorite teacher believes that way, then it must be true. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody is subject to this holy book. If it's not in this book, it's not true. Hey, don't follow me if I'm not living this book, preaching this book. You only follow me if I follow Christ. Hey, you know, let me just explain something to you. Believing a lie because your favorite preacher told it is like, is like believing a donut is healthy because Whole Foods sold it. I'm walking into Whole Foods needing some oatmeal, steel-cut oats, walking by the donut counter. I thought Whole Foods was supposed to be healthy. And I'm looking at the asparagus and I'm like, nice knowing you, asparagus. We're going to check out these donuts. Come on, it doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen, who they are, how good their reputation is. Doesn't matter how much success they have in the ministry, quote unquote. You hear what I'm preaching to you? You better check what they say. Believe not every spirit. Look into the word for yourself and say, what does the Lord say? And I'm going to tell you what the Lord says. He says, keep on going. Keep on going. You're going to make it. Don't quit. Don't turn around. Don't backslide. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit on your family. Come on, somebody. Don't quit on God. Don't quit serving. Don't quit praying. Don't quit worshiping. to that which is good retain your integrity retain your wholeness Pastor you're going to have to help me retain my wholeness because I'm over here with boils all over my body I'm over here with questions of why 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 my family why my homes why why my reputation why so how do I retain my wholeness when I have so many questions? Jesus told us. He told us. He said, let your eye be single. He said, if your eye be single, then your whole body shall have light. If your eye be not single, then your whole body shall be darkened. But if your eye be single, hallelujah. The answer to being whole is letting your eye be single. So my eye has been like this. I've just been like this. Going through life, just relaxing, kind of going at my own pace. All of a sudden, trouble comes. I get, I get, I start taking hits. I start receiving shots. I, I start absorbing trauma. And, and I'm not sure what this means. And, and, I'm, and I'm, my integrity is starting to slip because I'm letting it get to my spirit. And my spirit is starting to show cracks and, 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 and breaking. And you be careful with that. I don't know what you've been through, but I rebuke bitterness off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't know what you've been through, but I, I rebuke inferiority complex off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know who abused you, but I rebuke distrust off of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, do your work in the lives of everybody under the sound of my voice right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You can be whole. You can be whole. You can have integrity. You've leaned on that crushed spirit as a reason to feel the way you feel too long. You've leaned on that broken spirit, that broken apparatus called your being 
things don't work right like they used to. Pastor, you don't understand. I just, I just can't love like I used to love. I just can't trust like I used to trust. I just can't feel self-worth like I used to feel self-worth. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how much I've had to come through. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus can make you whole. Jesus. He can pick up the pieces and put you back together. Let me tell you what I can't do. I can't pick up the pieces. There's no doctor in this city that can pick up the pieces. There's no specialist at the Mayo Clinic that can pick up the pieces. There's no couch you can lay on and be prescribed a medication that can pick up the pieces. You know why? Because we're people. That's what we are. We're people. We don't have access to your heart. The heart we're talking about is an intangible thing. We can't see it. We can do an ultrasound, won't be able to see it. CAT scan, won't be able to see it. MRI, x-ray, you name it, won't be able to see it. We can do an EKG, use a stethoscope, but we won't be able to hear the heart that I'm talking about. You can call up, Google it, Google Heart Specialist Cincinnati. You won't find a heart specialist in this city that can deal with the kind of heart I'm talking about. There's only one who understands the human heart. There's only one who understands the human spirit. There's only one who understands the human soul. And he will go, he will go through your life and he'll pick up those invisible pieces where your spirit shattered, where your heart broke, and he'll pull them all together, piece them together into one whole heart. And he'll make you whole again. He'll make you whole again. You know, when you're going through things. And one difficulty after another rises up against you. If your eye is not single, then you will lose your integrity. You will lose your wholeness. You will let half of you be bitter. The other half will be fine. You know, the half that you show everybody. You know, the half that puts on a suit and tie, kind of dresses up, Sunday go to meeting. The fake smile half of you. That, that side will be fine. You, you got that covered. Nobody has to know what you really are going through. But the other half has lost its integrity. And you got to have it healed. You've got to have it made whole. And the only way to do it is have your eye be single. I have to focus my eyes on the thing that can make me whole. I've got to keep things that are in my peripheral from being in my peripheral. I can't look at what other people are saying about me right now. I can't look at about what other people think of me right now. I just can't look at that. That's, I, I'll lose my integrity if I look at that, listen to that, see that. I have to focus my eyes upon the one thing. I've got to, I've got to look through this, this little uh, uh, keyhole, if you please, and look into the one thing that can make my whole body complete. My whole being complete. In the Old Testament, there was a day in which venomous snakes came out of nowhere and, and began to bite the children of Israel. And they were, they, were, they were idolatrous and they had turned their back on God and turned their back on Moses and had, had, had begun to go astray. And, and so the venomous snakes came out to, to fight them and to bite them. And they did. And one after another were bitten by venomous snakes. And the Lord did not leave them alone. He did not leave them comfortless. He provided a way by which they could be healed and made whole. And he told Moses, he said, to make a brazen serpent, a fiery serpent, as a matter of fact, and lift up that fiery serpent in the wilderness and keep it lifted high and instruct the people that if they will look upon the fiery serpent, then they will be made whole. And the venom of the snake will be stopped in their system. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus came along and said, Even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. Hallelujah. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know what you need to focus your eyes upon? You need to focus your eyes upon the Christ of Calvary. You need to put your single eyes upon the Christ of Calvary. Don't look at anything else. Don't look at anybody else. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at your problems. Don't look at what they're saying about you. Shut your ear and focus your eyes upon the cross of Jesus Christ. Look only to him. Come on, somebody. You got to shut down Twitter and look upon Jesus. You got to shut down Facebook and look upon Jesus. You got to shut down Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. You got to tune out CNN, MSNBC. Come on, somebody. Fox News. You got to focus on Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Focus your eyes upon him. Keep your eyes upon his suffering. Look upon his suffering. Watch his suffering. Let his suffering speak to you. Look at he was wounded for our transgressions. Watch carefully. He was bruised for our iniquities. Pay close attention to the chastisement of our peace was upon him. You need to study by his stripes. We are healed. You need to look carefully at and don't let anything divert your attention away from. He was stricken and smitten of God and afflicted he was despised and rejected a man acquainted with grief a man of many sorrows numbered with the transgressors look upon Jesus look full in his wonderful face come on lift your head from the sackcloth and ashes long enough to look under the hills from which cometh my help my help cometh from the Lord don't look to the horoscopes look to Jesus hallelujah don't look to the talk shows Dr. Oz Dr. Phil Oprah look to Jesus look to Jesus Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. If you know more about your pop culture than you do about the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms, it's no wonder you're going through what you're going through and don't have peace in your heart. If you know more about the billboard top whatever than you do about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then it's no wonder you don't have a peace in your heart, a peace in your mind. If you know all about Taylor Swift's new album, but you don't know anything about the New Testament. Ladies and gentlemen, it's no wonder you don't understand that there's peace in the midst of this storm and there's joy in the midst. Hey, come on, somebody. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll see him walking on the water. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll see him raise Lazarus from the dead. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll see him feed multitudes with five loaves and two fishes. And you will understand. It's going to be all right. I don't know how, but it's going to be all right. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking, looking, looking. I don't know what your race involves, what it is that you're running through, what kind of obstacle course you're having to climb through, but whatever race you're running, look unto Jesus. You might be running that race. I may be running this race. You might have problems I don't have. I might have problems you don't have, but whatever it is you're running, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Don't look to Muhammad. Don't look to Buddha. Don't look to Hare Krishna. Don't look to Confucius. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy? Who 
for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds I'm going to consider him in my sackcloth and ashes I'm going to consider him in my in my difficult struggle with the disease I'm going to consider him hallelujah who endured such contradiction what a word not opposition contradiction there's some things that you're going to face in life they're not just oppositions they they're contradictions they don't even make sense you don't know what to think of them or why they had to happen but when you face those things consider him lest you be wearied and faint in your minds consider him Lest you lose your integrity and lose out with God, consider Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands to Him right now? Hallelujah. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Bless His holy name. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. That's it. Consider Him. Consider Jesus for just a moment. Consider Jesus. I know you've been considering what this week holds, but consider Jesus instead. I know you've been worried about what might happen now because of this and that, but consider Jesus instead of considering all the different possibilities in your life that could go wrong. Consider Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I remember... I remember a pastor who preached a message about the cross of Jesus Christ. And a man was there and heard it. and He was an artist. And he invited the pastor to his studio. He said, I'm going to paint a portrait of Jesus on Calvary. The pastor thought, well, that's so nice. I look forward to seeing it. When he got there to see the portrait, it was, it was veiled, and the man uncovered the portrait. And there he saw the place of the skull called Golgotha. He saw the foot of the cross. He saw the feet of Jesus nailed to the cross. He saw his hands stretched out nailed to the cross he saw the the lacerations upon his body inflicted by those who beat him mercilessly but what struck him was that the top of the body was a donkey's head it was so alarming it, it, it just didn't expect it he looked at the artist with, with, with surprise. And the artist laughed and said, that's what I think of your Jesus. Made a total fool of himself. What kind of a savior? What kind of a God? The pastor was so overtaken. He'd never experienced anything like it. He turned to walk away. And as he took just a few steps, the Lord spoke to him and said, no, no. No, no. That's exactly what I became for all mankind. And the pastor turned around and said to the artist, you know what? You're exactly right. He was completely and totally humiliated. He took your humiliation. He took your punishment. He took my punishment, my embarrassment, my humiliation. Everything I had coming to me, he took it upon himself. You can't mock him in this portrait any worse than they mocked him on that day. And he'll still say, forgive him. For he knows not what he does.
There's no greater thing on this planet that has ever happened than when God humbled himself to become a man and gave himself for many. And whatever you're going through in this house, whatever you're going through in this house, I pray in the name of Jesus that you could lift your eyes unto the cross of Calvary. Anchor your eyes upon the blood of Jesus and say, I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to make it through this. Hallelujah. Know nothing among yourselves save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Know nothing among yourselves save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Hallelujah. Can we consider Him right now? Can we consider Him right now? Come on, consider Him. Hallelujah. And the things of this world will grow strange. this altar this altar is open I want somebody to come forward that you feel you can tell something's trying to break your spirit it's not going to happen in the name of Jesus it's not going to happen in the name of Jesus something has come against your very soul it's trying to break your soul you might not feel as strong as you'd like to feel but you have retained your integrity in the name of Jesus if you feel broken in your spirit, I want you to come. Jesus wants to make you complete right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. The Lord bless you. The Lord be with you right now. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Oh, turn. Hallelujah. Your eyes upon Jesus. Hallelujah. 